0: The two in the brass. I'm Carson Sestouli This is Fangraphs Audio My guest on this edition of the program Is a friend of the podcast He's a friend of the podcast And in addition to being a friend of the podcast is also a writer for the Arizona Republic For which news organ He covers the Arizona Diamondbacks It's Nick Picoro. Nick Picoro was the guest Being the sort of person who covers the Arizona Diamondbacks Has, been, uh, has provided some great returns recently As that club uh, By way of a couple of Recent transaction is provided quite a bit in the way of raw material. First, the Diamondbacks signed Zach Grinky to a six-year, $206 million deal. That sounds about right. And then they uh, followed up that transaction by acquiring Shelby Miller from the Atlanta Braves in exchange for Ender Inciarte Aaron Blair and Danzeby Swanson. A king's ransom, you might say. You might say if you were a royalist and not a... You know, well, it's sort of Republican, I guess. Lowercase r, Republican, is what I mean by that. In the case, it's not uh, an essential matter uh, to understand what Nick Picoro says in the uh, in our following conversation. A conversation, as I say, uh, covers uh, in no small part those two transactions, and uh, it, during which uh, Picoro also shares the essential quality of a beat writer, uh, which is to say self-delusion.
1: I don't, I don't really... F- find it to be an issue i just uh maybe i've i've convinced myself that i uh that i know what i'm talking about
0: great conversation with nick mccordo to follow uh what's happening right now not following but is happening right now is a message from the sponsor the sponsor is draft the draft app are you familiar with FanDuel or DraftKings? what those are are daily fantasy sports games draft is also a daily fantasy sports game different however different in that it is the first uh, built exclusively for mobile devices. Here's how you play. you, After downloading the app, of course, you find an opponent. This could be a friend or an internet stranger. Anyone, really, within the draft universe. You conduct a snake draft. Each select five players. Those players, whichever sport you've chosen, collect fantasy points. And wh- whoever, you or your opponent, has collected more fantasy points, this is the winner. This is the winner. Are you confident in your abilities? To win in this particular case, you're confident that you would be the winner. You can, if you live in most states, you can wager American currency on the result. And I know that it seems maybe strange that I would uh, say this uh, with the baseball season having ended uh, even over a month ago now. Well, it's not that strange because there are other sports out there uh, on which you can, which you can pursue. For example, football, both of the professional and collegiate variety and then also professional hockey and basketball. It's a real smorgasbord of entertainment. And to have it for yourself, all you need to do is, if you have an iOS operating system on your mobile device, go to the App Store. If you have an Android operating device, go to Google Play or something like Google Play. It's that simple. It's so simple a baby could do it. An intelligent baby could do it. That's the end of that. More intelligent than probably almost all the babies is Nick Picoro. He is the guest to follow. What is it? It's Fangrass Audio featuring that same Nick Bacora of the Arizona Republic. When does it begin? Right now. Well, now we're marinating. Sorry. This is marinating? Yeah. What do you want to... You got an well, amusing I, comment to make, Nick? Well, I was just gonna say it's
1: it's your little your little mugshot here from the screen says yeah. presented presented by the US Army and then down below it says using war to evaluate minor leakers. Yeah. Kind of a funny little Yep. Oh no. Juxtaposition there. Yeah The worst the worst part I think about um coming on your podcast mm-hmm. and and the marining. I love the marining, but the worst part is that I don't get to hear the music. Until I actually listen to until the you, podcast? listen. Yeah,
0: right, right, right. Yeah, a lot of people don't know that. A lot of people um, just assume that that you hear that as well. But actually, that's a um, that's a that uh, that appears in post production.
1: <laughs> uh huh. This you is probably <clears throat> you. Really have a whole army of people in post production. We're
0: currently what we're doing right now, uh, Nick. This is production. hmm. I've done some pre production work as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But what we are right now, this is – we are right now in the midst. We're in the trenches of production at the
1: moment. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, Well, um, I'm glad I could uh, participate.
0: Yeah, get accustomed to it.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh,
0: um, Let me ask you a naive question, and and this will not be uh, likely the first one of those that I ask. But you are – I think it's correct to say that you're the Arizona Diamondbacks beat reporter for the Arizona Republic, which is also, what is it, AZ, AZ Central, Central. AZCentral.com.
1: Yes, that is all true.
0: Oh, it's all true. What is your, what are your obligations, right? Now the baseball's winter meetings at the Gaylord Opryland Hotel in Nashville, Tennessee have just ended. You are a baseball, you are a beat writer. What are your obligations now and say for like the next month?
1: Um. well, I, I am actually off this week, so I don't really have very many obligations at all this week. Um but generally it's just kind of keeping tabs on, on the club and um you know, churning out uh occasional stories uh, as warranted. Um so it's definitely a slow time. I mean I, I think that uh I think that I could have, you know, some weeks where I only, you know, really have to write a, a few times a week. Um I I also could have weeks where one move, um, you know, could generate five or six stories in a row, you know, on the ensuing days. I've had lots of lots of stretches like that in off seasons past, where you you go to bed on a on a Tuesday night thinking you have nothing to do for the rest of the week, and and next thing you know, you're you're busy for several days in a row.
0: Yeah, it should be said. And I, I I've seen others uh, mention this, and I'm I'm certainly. uh <clears throat> Um mister willing you mentioned it Clubs do not um let's see clubs announce trades almost exclusively at inopportune occasions
1: <laughs> i uh I always like to bring my laptop with me um wherever I go, just my backpack and and it is like my my transaction preventer uh-huh. um when I don't have it with me there is a a very high percentage chance of something happening
0: yeah it's a uh, i don't it's I don't know. But I, I assume it's just what? Do, do you understand why? Uh, for example, for example, you're uh, the club you cover, the Arizona Diamondbacks. When they and we'll talk about this trade in slightly more depth momentarily. However, they traded away Shelby Miller to Atlanta. It was it was during it was definitely during dinner time. Right. Um, I think that I was actually having dinner with some of my colleagues, and we had gone to dinner early with the um, with the knowledge that something might happen later, and then it happened earlier.
1: Yeah, I think it was around six or six thirty on Tuesday evening. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember there being a chance I was going to go to dinner with some people and trying to finish up my writing, and then um, Rosenthal tweeted that they had basically had a a deal, an agreement, Um, and I realized I was not going to be going to dinner with people.
0: So what's your what's your obligation at that moment? Then you hear there's a deal. Is it is it your obligation to go? Do you just try and find Dave Stewart? Immediately, that's of course the general manager of the club you cover, or is there another st- strategy that you have?
1: Um, it's just it, that's too hard to do in you know on site at the yeah. winter meetings. Yeah. I, I I think my first obligation is to to try to report what I can report um, and and dig up the the missing pieces of information uh, to what you know what is out there compared to what is out there, um, and then get something online on our on our website
0: right and 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 now you mentioned your the sort of uh this the, the schedule of the off season in, in particular after the winter mm-hmm. meetings now during the regular season, you're at the park every day you're you're either at your home park or you're on the road uh following the team, and so you're you know and I know that you know certainly you're interacting with uh with coaches and players and you're around the park what is that something you do like when you when when you want to write a story during during the winter, though, do you do you walk over to the park, or or is that something that you can uh, you can conduct what uh, from a local uh, ideally well-appointed cafe? <laughs> I
1: I will I will often work from from the local cafe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, nah, nah, it's it's usually it's kind of frowned upon to just to just show up at the at the park, whether it's the spring training facility or the or the big league park uh, in the off season without letting them know that there's a chance you're going to be showing up um there's you know security people and and whatnot that you need to navigate your way through okay um but yeah i mean you know you're you're doing a lot of things over the phone and you can kind of do it from wherever i've I've done a lot of interviews from uh this little back bench outside of a coffee shop that I like to work at um, because it's quieter back there than it is inside the shop. So that's, do, you ever,
0: that's, do you ever go to a cartel coffee there in
1: Phoenix? Uh, I do from time to time. I, have,
0: I, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead.
1: Yeah, they have the one downtown that's closest to me, and the the one in Tempe is great. It, they've expanded it over the years. It's a it's a beautiful space they have. Is that that's your uh, Phoenix coffee of choice?
0: I think it is. Uh, yeah, and so I will say that my palate with reg- I mean, regarding coffee is uh, very poor, uh, <laughs> but I tend to be quite sensitive to decor and atmosphere, and uh, yeah. both, both those places are fantastic for that.
1: Well, next time you're out here, I will take you to the place I go to, which is uh, Giant Coffee. Oh, Giant Coffee. very near to downtown. They, they use uh, Four Barrel Coffee, which is uh, a San Francisco-based. Uh,
0: yes, I've been to that cafe in San Francisco.
1: That, yeah. That's a nice decor type of place. Oh, I can see boy. that being your kind of spot.
0: Oh man, they've reclaimed the out of some wood. <laughs> I
1: guess they have. Yeah,
0: I love, I, I love reclaimed wood. I don't even want new wood anymore. I just want wood that's been reclaimed. <laughs> Alright, that's enough. Um, the, so the Arizona Diamondbacks are in their front office is I the you know, I mean there there are thirty front offices. They are singular at this point, I would say. There are teams that you know, that that skew one way or the other. The Diamondbacks are not they're not going to be influenced by the Zeitgeist, is is what it seems to me. Um they – uh I read – well, of course – so I, t- I mentioned the trade of Shelby Miller. They trade Shelby Miller. And it, it should be fair. They're not just trading uh, – they're not tra- trading for Shel- Shelby Miller. They're trading for three cost-controlled years of Shelby Miller, relatively cost-controlled.
1: All right.
0: In exchange for um, like a – whatever. What uh, – in-
1: Ender and Ciarte?
0: Yeah, Ender and Ciarte. Well, like four or five years of Ciarte.
1: Five.
0: Yeah, Yeah, five plus infinite plus. You I mean six years each of Swanson and Aaron Blair. Um, right. That's so. That's one big trade, right? And of course, in, in the um, the reactions to it, certainly from writers of Fangraphs, um, were you know, well, on the one hand, one transaction cannot destroy a franchise. On the other hand, um, these sorts of things tend to Provide information about the the sort of information under which a front office is working, and and uh, the infa- you know. Yeah. So you, that reveals something. And then the Granke signing, I, I'm sure you're familiar with the piece that Ken Rosenthal wrote about how all that came together. That also seemed to be uh, unique in its own way. I guess in a general sense, what is it? <laughs> what is the? What is it for you? What is it like covering this front office at the moment?
1: Um, it's it's always interesting. Um, I, uh, I never really seemed able to uh, predict what they're going to do. Um, I remember talking to people earlier in the offseason about the Shelby Miller rumors and, and thinking that the price was just going to be too high uh, for, for what you know, these guys would be comfortable doing. And I, I thought that a trade for uh, Julio Tehran made more sense just because I imagine his value would be a little bit lower and he would be a little bit more attainable.
0: And the Dimebacks are they only allowed to trade with Atlanta? Is that what <laughs> it the seems like
1: it, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, the Braves are, are restocking their farm system almost almost entirely on the basis of the Diamondbacks drafts. Um but yeah, I I uh I I it's just more evidence that I don't know um I don't know what I'm talking about when it comes to these guys and I I, I find them to be very hard to predict. Um I was uh I was saying yesterday to someone how uh, back when I was covering the the previous regime, um, I guess it was a couple of regimes ago. I guess Josh Burns uh, and his crew, um, I could almost kind of think along with uh, with with them. Um, and when one free agent would come off the board, I could think like, okay, that that makes sense that they'll go after this guy now. And then I would start asking around, and it turned out, oh yeah, they they had inquired on this guy after so and so was signed. Um, so that was that was kind of interesting in its own way um this is this is probably even more interesting i mean this is this is just it constantly keeps me on my toes um and I'm constantly having to try to figure out um i i guess it, I guess it challenges the way that i that I think of the game and that the rest of us think of the game i mean i, I saw on your guys' site didn't someone try to you know, write a—I can't remember who it was—but someone wrote a post about the trade, sort of trying their best to justify it, to rationalize it, and it—it it does kind of, uh, you know, present these these hurdles for us to to clear, and and you know, it challenges us to think about things in different ways, right?
0: Right, and and you have—I mean—at a, at a certain level, I mean, you're all adults too, so I assume if you're talking to whether it be Dave Stewart or some other member of the organization, you I mean, you. It's not just like a retaining a certain level of professionalism, which I'm sure you have no problem with, but it's also just recognizing that these are adult people with uh, other concerns, and uh, the baseball is uh, you know ultimately meaningless, etc. But so you, I'm sure you're, you're you're asking them questions and you're very interested in the responses.
1: Yeah, I mean they 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 know way more about. I mean they've been involved in the game for a lot longer than I have. They played the game at the highest level. I mean these are these are guys that are. You know, baseball lifers and that know more about baseball. They've forgotten more about baseball than I'll ever learn. You know that that sort of thing. So I'm very curious where they're where they're coming from and and what you know what experiences you know and lead them to feel like these sorts of of deals are uh, are reasonable. Um Yeah, I, I, uh, I I'm always trying to to figure out exactly where they're coming from with those sorts of things. That doesn't necessarily mean you always agree with it. But um, but they they what they're coming from it from a a uh, experienced perspective,
0: right? And now you did uh let's see I think you you posted to your Twitter account uh, sometime within the last week. Uh, again, it, with with this sort of mind of attempting to understand or or rationalize the trade from Arizona's perspective, you quoted or you cited a quote from Dave Stewart when uh, he says, "In acquiring Shelby Miller." Um, it, he says, in the short term, it makes our major league team better and gives us an opportunity to win today. And I, I think in a couple of other places, uh, both those terms, short term and today, uh, have been invoked by Stewart. And there really seems to, uh, to be among that team a real emphasis on winning in to- 2016, I guess, um, well, in some ways, regardless of the consequences for for, uh, for the future.
1: Yeah, I- I, um, I'm not sure I, I feel this way entirely, but you could argue, I mean, as hard as it is to predict this game over the course of multiple years or, or, you know, I mean, look, it's hard to predict what's going to happen in the second half when we're at the all-star break. So you might as well in some ways, um, you know, focus on the near term as often as possible on, on what seems the most knowable, you know, um, I don't know. I mean, I, I, it, it's, it's still hard for me to kind of totally rationalize that viewpoint. I, I feel like, I feel like things are so unpredictable in the long term. You, you might as well collect as many talented, controllable assets as you can because you don't know exactly how Shelby Miller is going to do. You know, is there some world where, you know, what, what percent chance is there that Aaron Blair outperforms Shelby Miller over the next three seasons? There is some chance of that happening. Um, and yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's it's uh it, it definitely does feel like they're trying to win now. They they've talked about um you know how quickly windows can close. They've they've talked about how important it is to surround uh, Paul Goldschmidt and AJ Pollock, who are a couple of 27, 28 year old uh, players who are you know probably among the dozen or so best in in the league um with the kind of talent uh necessary to to win they want to capitalize on on these years that they have these guys which which is uh which is understandable i mean it it is a, it's a good team i mean it, it has a chance to be a good team there's there's a a really solid core of of position players that hit and run and catch um and uh and really you know from watching them over the last couple of years it it really does feel like they're just a a couple of arms away um and maybe these are the maybe these guys are the the arms that they need yeah,
0: well, it was interesting, I think during his press conference uh zachrinkley um cited his his well they paid him a lot of money so that's that, i mean that's i
1: think he i don't think he would say this i know what you're getting at you're right he he was raving basically about that team
0: right yeah yeah and he had a lot of positive things to say about it um, it's uh i you know if someone gives you 200 million dollars it's <laughs> easy to see the silver lining um, and it should be noted you know and i know that i've i've felt about this about any woman who's made the poor uh, poor judgment of wanting to to spend the night with me Right, is that uh, her? Her one of her greatest assets at that point is the fact that she finds me not repulsive. So you're you know?
1: not you're not a, a member of the Groucho Marx school of thinking. In well,
0: <laughs> he, uh, in, in certain cases, perhaps. Right. Uh, which okay. is, uh, would you like to cite it? I think cited uh, certainly by Woody Allen and Yeah, beginning, I, yeah.
1: Annie Hall, right? Yeah. I, I, I don't wanna, you should do it justice, I,
0: I Well, suppose. I'm not gonna do the actual Woody Allen exit, but it's the basic idea is that you would not like to be part of any club that would have someone like you as a member. Yes, right. and in a long term, <laughs> yes, in a long term sense, I am skeptical about that. But, uh, but, you know, I'm sure Zach Grinke, no, Zach Grinke, who is a student of the game in a couple of different ways, understands how valuable Zach Grinke is. And, uh, the, the Diamondback showed some wisdom in, uh, in, exhibiting by means of uh, remunerations, future remuner- remunerations, the, uh, that they also could consider Zach Granke to be pretty valuable.
1: Do you think that if Zach Granke were the Diamondbacks GM, he would sign himself to that kind of contract or a, a similar 32-year-old pitcher to a six-year $206 million deal? Well, if,
0: uh, if, here, well, can I ask a pre-question to that question? Is, are you going to ask Zach Granke that question?
1: I wanted to. Uh, I I didn't end up getting to go to the press conference on Friday. I was flying back from Nashville. Right. Um, But I would like. I would like to ask him that question. I wonder if he would be honest. Uh,
0: More. I mean, honesty does not seem to be running short in that in that organization. That's one of their (laughs) virtues.
1: Yeah, and he fits right in, doesn't he? He he seems to say I somebody did ask him a question about about the way that things went with the Dodgers and kind of the timing of the negotiations and he just kind of goes, mm, "No, I don't I don't think that I should talk about that. I'm not going to answer that question." <laughs> <laughs> he's great. I'm really looking forward to covering him.
0: Yeah, I think it's going to be great. Uh yes, he's very, he appears to be very amusing a student game and uh but yeah, would he sign? I don't think he would. I don't think uh I don't think he would, but Yeah. Uh he'd probably think about it. He is good. He's quite good. Yeah. yeah. He's quite good. Now um this team also features um and in and, and the thing that the sort of uh one of the effects of the Shelby Miller trade, of acquiring Shelby Miller and sending away in particular and Ciarte, is that it um it gives a, a larger role to Yasmani Tomas. The Cuban Emigre, Emigre.
1: Okay. Cuban defector. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not going to correct you. I don't know the. Go yeah. on. Go on now. Whatever.
0: On. <laughs> the uh, who who what he he played quite a bit of third base last year, I guess.
1: He, yeah, he played a little at the beginning when uh, Jake Lamb went down, but he played he played only the outfield. I f- well, and maybe a little bit at first base from time to time in yeah. the second half.
0: Okay, but so so he played quite a bit of outfield too,
1: yeah.
0: and in a little bit more than 400. But he he did a he performed a difficult act, which was while recording a, a batting average in ball and play a BABIP above 350 over 400 <laughs> plate appearances, he managed to he managed to um record a WAR of negative 1.3,
1: uh, which is tough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he. I do wonder what would happen to the war if we were to move him to the outfield and have him have the same numbers. Um, I wonder how much of that was being dragged down by the play at third base. Um, not that he was so great in the outfield, but it was a rough year. Um, I, I don't know. I I kind of believe that he's going to hit a, a, a lot more than he has. Um, I know that there are some things working against that um you know obviously the the numbers here in his first season in the big leagues the kind of declining power numbers uh in cuba before he came over um but i don't i mean you watch you watch the way the swing works and the way that he can uh seemingly adjust to every type of pitch um and uh just the pure power that that he has in his swing mm-hmm. um it makes you think that there is a lot more in there if he can just kind of i don't know figure something out a little bit with his approach just sort of uh, you know trend a little bit but just just kind of rein himself in i guess a little bit with his approach he he uh, his first half was a lot more he seemed a lot more in control in his at bats in the first half of the season than in in the second half some of that could have been a result of of you know, losing uh Losing his everyday job and feeling like every time he played he had to do something. Um, maybe he was putting a lot of pressure on himself to live up to the to the contract and the expectations. Um, I know, uh, again, like I said, there there are there are a lot of reasons to to not be all in on Yasmani, and I'm not sure I'm all in. Um, but I I do think that he he will probably end up being a productive player uh, over the life of this contract.
0: Yeah, it, well, actually, that leads me to another question. Um, uh, you, you cover the Arizona Diamondbacks, and, uh, I don't know what your, I don't know what your Spanish skills are like, but I do know that a number of baseball players, uh, are Latino. Yasmari Tomas is from Cuba, uh, and, sp- in Spanish, I assume, would be some asset, but it, but it's not a requirement to the job of covering a team, typically. And I was wondering, what, what are the, um, you know especially if you want to get to know or understand more about someone like you as many what are the vehicles or is it or is, there, um, is is it just is it just difficulty? is it sort of one of the difficulties native to the job
1: um it's difficult i don't speak very much spanish at all i i mean uh, so little that i don't even attempt um to to do that around those guys i i feel like it would be insulting um they, um, they try, a lot of them try to, to learn English. Tomas, uh, Tomas is apparently trying to learn. He, he, I don't think feels comfortable enough to, to try to speak it around us. Um, he had a translator around him all season. Mm-hmm. Um, the guys who spoke with him, um, in Spanish, uh, would, would get finished and, and, and rave to me about how good of a kid they, they thought he was and how, you know, how kind hearted of a person they thought he was. Um, um, his interactions with with us uh through the translator were a little odd i don't i don't know he never seemed all that comfortable um kind of having to go through maybe it was just having to go through the the whole song and dance of the uh, of the interpret interpretation um uh, but he um he he didn't he didn't ever seem overly rude or or anything it just it just felt like it was something he would rather not be doing yeah. um, and and he seems like the kind of guy I don't feel like he loves a lot of attention, a lot of eyes on him and and when you when you're standing around with a big group of people and you know every word is being interpreted it's it's just kind of an awkward feeling and i i that was always my feel feel of it that he just he just kind of felt that awkwardness uh weighing on him during those moments.
0: Right. Uh, you mentioned that this is uh, this is a solid team entering the 2016 season. Um, do you have a sense that uh, – you know, of course, we mentioned one weakness maybe in Tomas, uh, although um, the, as you suggest, there are some uh, at least reasons if you squint, I suppose, so you can see reasons <laughs> for optimism. Do you have a sense that the team, uh, that the front office has done – uh, constructing this roster or or are there other points that you think it'll they'll be addressing
1: well i don't know i mean it, it does sort of feel like if you're if you've gone this far and you've you've uh you know spent this kind of money and made a big trade like that if there's any room to go farther you might as well right i mean you're you're pretty all in on on 2016 and if you can uh you know make another deal to to add a a bullpen arm or or uh, sign one more starting pitcher to, to deepen that uh, rotation a little bit more you might as well um, I wouldn't be surprised if they did either of those things
0: right but as you say uh, pre- predicting their actions is not a <laughs> strong suit
1: no yeah you're asking the wrong person
0: <laughs> so you, you're what uh, you have to react I suppose
1: yeah, we'll see. I I, uh, I do think I do think that they will. If they don't actually get something done, I do believe they're going to continue to try to get something done. Uh, add one more arm. Um,
0: one last question about the team itself. The, in recent years, uh, the Diamondbacks seem to have exhibited a particular strength at identifying and then developing to whatever degree it's necessary players from um, from the independent leagues. Uh of course David Bralta, who uh had a pretty good season is the, what is it was he the left fielder for the club? Yeah. Yeah, and uh he was found in the uh what was he the American Association, I believe. Uh there was also um Bo Schultz, uh, who was a Teron- who was a reliever for the for the Blue Jays last year though. He was another player uh that the Diamondbacks f- found. Um uh Blaine Weller who I think was just selected by way of the, what the triple a phase of the minor of the rule 5 draft. Mm-hmm. Uh he had come he had come from uh independent ball and then there is a there is a younger player who if I'm not mistaken recorded the second lowest strikeout rate among all qualified minor league batters this past season and his name is Ildemaro Vargas. And I don't know if that name means anything to you but he played for their... For the Diamondbacks uh, single A affiliate,
1: I think he's a shortstop, right?
0: What did I say? Did I say? Did I say something?
1: I don't think you said a position. I didn't right? say I a position. Understood. I think you're right. Oh, yeah.
0: He is a shortstop. Yeah.
1: I I I don't think that he is so much on their radar in terms of of uh, <laughs> plans. Uh,
0: All right, you know. but my point is that he. Yes. That that they seem to have exhibited some capacity to identify talent. Uh, do, do you ever say that? Is this like an organizational directive? Is it the? Is it a vestige? Of as you mentioned a, a past uh, regime or uh, or none or all of those things
1: um i i uh, i I think you have to give a lot of credit to the to the scouting department um, and uh and and chris Carminucci and and bill brick in particular um, a couple of guys who have a lot of contacts uh in the independent ball world um, and put a, a fair amount of energy um, and effort into uh, scouting those players and, and making sure that, you know, if they're told that a player needs to be seen, um, that someone goes and sees him. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the Peralta one is, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I guess I'm just I'm a little hesitant to, to call it some sort of a trend or anything because, I mean, it's... That's probably a once in a generation type of thing that's gonna happen. I mean, this guy is really, really good. It, it, that doesn't happen ever, does it? I mean, to, mm-hmm. to find an everyday player that can be, you know, this good this quickly um, and get him for for nothing. I mean, it. It's yeah, just, and probably
0: uh, David Peralta's pretty psyched about it too.
1: Is my <laughs> guess because
0: <laughs> he was playing in the American Association, which you know uh isn't. That's a, that's still a high level of baseball relative to all the levels of baseball. But it's, uh, you'd probably way more like to be in the majors. Just,
1: uh. I would think. Yeah. He, yeah. he, um, he, oh, I mean, obviously he hit pretty well last year before he, you know, when he came up and, and hit great again this year. Um, but it wasn't until sometime maybe uh, right after the all-star break when, um, his agent sent in, uh, a box of t-shirts and um on these t-shirts uh was printed um a picture of of him up to bat he does this very distinctive like kind of lean back thing before a, a pitch is delivered you you you'd, you'd recognize it if you see him all the time and and uh it was sort of his image um a picture of a train and the words freight train and they had they had started calling him uh freight train on the broadcasts cuz he just kind of seems to have this very um you know a very aggressive base running style where it just kind of uh you know runs ragged around the the bases with with uh with very little uh concern for potentially uh being out <laughs> and um and I think that when he opened this box up and saw these shirts he was he was he probably finally realized that he has he has made it in the major leagues. I think that was the moment for him, and, and he started passing them out. It was like you know, every other guy in the clubhouse was wearing a freight train t-shirt um, around uh, it, 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 the, the whole second half. It was it was great, and I, I, you know he wore it with such pride. So I I think that you know even if he had those shirts printed for him in the, in the independent leagues, it wouldn't maybe have meant quite as much. I, I think you're right.
0: Yeah. So okay, let's. Uh... Good stories. Good all of that. Uh, how are you,
1: Nick Picoro? I'm great. You get a week off? Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm, uh, I'm enjoying my downtime. How are you? I'm pretty good. I missed you in Nashville. I saw you. I saw oh.
0: you briefly, too. You were. I think we were both engaged in se- separate conversations. Yeah. I was talking to a very animated cross-checker for an
1: unnamed team. Oh, I've yeah. never talked to a cross-checker
0: before. Usually, I'm not allowed to get that
1: close. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, why was he so animated what was
0: he's just a fun guy huh. yeah it was fun did, did you guys talk players uh no dad yeah, we talked about some players i don't think he wanted to talk much about that we talked a bunch about wine oh yeah and
1: uh uh i don't know other so your wine things? your your wine palette is better than your coffee palette
0: no you just no. listened
1: to him talk about wine
0: yeah he just liked talking about what well, he liked drinking. he liked drinking <laughs> drinks, so he was a scout Yeah. <laughs> he he had a good he had a good foundation in that yeah, that was fun i yeah, I'm not usually like i say I'm not usually allowed to talk to that sort of person. They're like, eh, look at you <laughs> just look at you. do you ever get that you're s- you're listen uh, so you'd never get this in the, uh, the baseball winter meet we're still recording just so you know. we're just we're just two guys rapping now. is that fair <laughs> Yes, these two guys rapping. They're like
1: post marining or something. Yeah,
0: that's what it is. <clears throat> the when you go to that like so in this particular case, this was at the Opulent Hotel, you are down at the Cascades bar or whatever. There are so many dudes, so many men, and they all have these like a haircut, do you know what I mean? Like a <laughs> like a confident haircut, and everyone has a part Everyone has just like a nice part in their hair. Huh? And everyone's like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a guy. What kind of guy are you? And everyone's like, oh, I'm a guy too. It's a I'm weird a thing.
1: Executive. What? Look at me.
0: Yeah. It's weird though. So I'm curious though, because you are, you have, um, you would not be out of, I don't know what, let's see, you would not be out of place, say, at a bon Iver rock and roll concert. <laughs> Is that fair to say?
1: That's probably fair, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's probably fair, right? Your sli- slight of build—it looks like you have thought of, you know, you like, hey, maybe I'm gonna wear a different thing. Uh, do you, how do you? What do you? What do you do to to get them to uh, talk to you? Is uh, it ever a problem for you?
1: I don't. I don't really find it to be an issue. I just uh, maybe I've I've convinced myself that I uh, that I know what I'm talking about. And Self-delusion, I, just... I see. Yeah, right, right, yeah, yeah. I mean it, I I got I hesitate to call it self-confidence because I it's not really based off of anything real. So yeah, yeah I have just sort of talked myself into it. And uh they they seem to listen to me sometimes.
0: That's yeah, that's good. No, that's sometimes that um, even undeserved confidence tends to be well received by other people.
1: Yeah, you just say it loud, right? I mean, Yeah, that's right. Um I that's like you know what you're talking about.
0: Isn't that a, also a song by uh Mike and the Mechanics? <laughs> it say be. it Say it The Living Years by Mike and the Mechanics. <laughs> right, right. Say it loud, say it clear. Okay. Not just uh Well, is that the one where he sees his father and his newborn child's eyes? I don't know. Um uh, I used to I used to well up with that song. That song in uh was it Cats in the Cradle? Is that the one? The, it was the it wasn't even the Don McLean version though, it was the little ju- the Ugly Kid Joe remake. Remember so, Ugly? So,
1: so they have kind of provided the framework that you need to talk about baseball with baseball people?
0: Well, I think there? they're – yeah, maybe. I, that, no, no. They've provided the framework by which I understand how you do it.
1: No. <laughs> yeah. I see. Yeah.
0: I see. I haven't really developed it. Eno Saris somehow has, and he's a silly-looking person. Who, who is that? Eno Saris. Do you know the oh, head? Oh, Eno, Eno. Yeah, yeah, Eno. Yeah, you sure. know. Yeah, of course
1: you know. Eno. he's a silly-looking person.
0: <laughs> he
1: he has some funny hair. Yeah, he does. Yeah, but you know, Eno has that confidence, doesn't he? That yeah. bravado. Undeserved. Yeah, I don't know about that.
0: I know you. Well, you may not know about it.
1: I feel <laughs> I, pretty confident in, in making this. I've, I've been on panels with Eno.
0: You have? I've, I have.
1: Yeah.
0: You guys have panelled before?
1: Uh-huh. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, he sat right next to me. Oh, right, a, right across from me, we uh, we talked about baseball writing at a panel not mm-hmm. very long ago, even.
0: And it was a panel, well, like uh, organized by a real place.
1: Yeah, yeah, it, it, there were audience members, and uh-huh. Eno
0: was invited. He didn't just sit up there accidentally because he thought it was where he was.
1: They had a nameplate thing for him, you know.
0: He might have brought that himself.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he
0: travel like you travel with your computer. He travels with a nameplate, <laughs> just in case he can find his way onto
1: a panel. Yeah, he's pretty legit, man. He's yeah, I know.
0: Legit. I know. He's actually been he every, every time he writes something. It's it's happened um, more than once of late, even. He writes something that uh, I've you know. I, this is good. This is really good. And then I have to—I uh, begrudgingly promote it by way of social media platform, Twitter.com. Yeah,
1: that's a bad feeling, isn't it? When somebody yeah. writes something that you feel like you should have written.
0: Yeah, but that's the thing. I—I don't feel like I should have written it. I, but what I feel like is I couldn't—I couldn't have written it. And so it's not as bad as that. It's just giving you know any credit
1: is painful. Oh, Okay. Yeah. 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 I right. can't write what you know writes either. No. I, he no. He's one of one of a kind. One of a kind. Nick. I think
0: that what you've done is you've uh, fulfilled your obligation to Fangraphs Audio. Not that you thanks. really had an obligation, but uh, you uh, we're we're done. Is what I'm saying. Thanks. Yeah. Why don't you stick around for a second? But I would like to say thank you to you. Okay. All right. So I just did. You did. Yeah. Well, you thank you. you. Said
1: you like. You're thank welcome.
0: You. Thank you, Nick Picoro. You're welcome. And here's what I'll say. I'll say that was Nick Picoro uh, covering uh, for. Their Does the music
1: start now? What's that? Is the music starting up again?
0: Yeah, it probably has, yeah. Okay. Uh, Nick, uh, let's see. Nick Picoro of uh, Arrow and Republic, also azcentral.com. And, I mean, and it's the same thing, right? A lot of yes. the content you write for on Republic. All of it, yeah. Appears on Uh That's Nick Picoro. I'm Carson Sistuli. This has been Fangraphs Audio.